Welcome to SNAP, survivors of narcissistic and abusive personalities. This educational recovery podcast is presented by Claremont Mental Health and Mandy Friedman, licensed professional clinical counsellor. This presentation contains vital information for survivors of abuse. Topics include the spectrum of abusive personalities, targets of abuse, abusive relationships, and survivors in recovery. We hope this information helps you gain solid footing and clarity as you navigate your road to recovery. I guess we're live. Hi, Mandy Friedman here, licensed professional clinical counselor and clinically certified domestic violence counselor. I'm the creator of the SNAP educational recovery series that's survivors of narcissistic and abusive personalities. Um, and I'm the owner of Claremont Mental Health. Tonight, I thought we could talk about something that I find to be a theme um, among my, my different clients and people that I work with and that is that we tend to be helpers and fixers and savers and we want to rescue people. And a lot of times that can get us into trouble. Keep in mind, I'm talking to myself here. I'm also an empathic survivor and I tend to do this as well. Um, and so sometimes I have to remind myself of these very same things. Um, so empathic people tend to be fixers, savers, and we want to, we will work tirelessly to help others um, and we'll spend endless amounts of time um, thinking, worrying, obsessing, and playing out different scenarios, brainstorming possibilities. Um, yeah, we'll really just pour a lot of our own resources, time, energy, attention, emotion, money, um, or services, depending on you know uh, what you have to offer people. Um, so sometimes we will we'll wind up in a position of having an imbalance where we're doing this a little too much, right? And so I'm going to help you over. I'm going to help you identify if you are over helping, or if you are engaging in some codependent type behaviors. So I just want to say that there's a difference between appropriate helping and codependent tendencies um, or perhaps over helping type behaviors okay so appropriate helping is when there is a balance at work where um, there's a give and a take on on both ends to some degree um, it also could be appropriate to help someone if you are specifically trained um, in an area or have knowledge in an area that would be helpful to them. Um, appropriate helping usually happens when you are being asked to help. It's not putting you in a position of putting yourself into hardship. Um, you're not sacrificing your own well-being. Um, and it's a topic or whatever it is that they have that they want help with is something that you're capable of doing. Um, we'll try to do things we don't even know how to do to help other people. Um, and so codependent tendencies are a little bit different from that. It's that it, it's, it becomes exhausting, right? When you are engaging in codependent patterns, you're worrying about things that are none of your business. Um, you are inserting yourself in ways that 
um, sort of crosses a line into someone else's life path or their journey, um, and you're trying to help them correct course. And, you know, if it's someone you love and care about, it's really hard to watch them suffer. It's hard to watch them be in pain and, and, and struggle. Um, and if we're really honest about it, one of the things that we're trying to do is we're trying to reduce our own feelings of pain. I, I know, right? It's, it's super honest, it's kind of the truth, right? What's going on is I see someone suffering and it makes me feel bad because I'm empathic, right? So if they feel better, I feel better. So it's really important to get honest about that and recognize that codependent tendencies and overhelping or inappropriate um, often is because we are trying to relieve our own feelings, our own worry about that person, that if we could just fix it, then we don't have to feel the pain or we don't have to worry about that person anymore. Let's just get it taken care of, right? Okay, so there's a difference between appropriate helping and codependent style helping. And I just wanted to be clear about that. Um, so let's just go through a list of, um, of things here. How can I tell if I'm over helping? All right, so these are gonna be things that you can identify about your own behaviors and patterns to see if maybe you might be over helping, you might be engaging in codependent patterns, you might be sticking your nose where it doesn't belong. You might be enabling. Um, but let's go through the list. Okay. Something, um, okay, so one way to know is that this is something that they should actually be seeking from a professional. And this is what I mean in terms of um, appropriate helping. So let's say that you know someone who's struggling with addiction. Now, it's one thing to give someone a ride to a meeting it's one thing to, um, you know, lend a hand in a pickle from time to time if that person, you know, needs something right then in the moment and you're able to help. Um, it's also something that to be uh, empathic towards that person, understanding, hold space for them while they're struggling with their addiction or a mental health problem, something of that nature. Um, and, and we can do that. We can listen, right? And we can, we can hold space. But unless you have been trained, um, unless you've been certified, unless you personally have walked that walk yourself and have come out on the other side. So if you're someone who, say, for example, is involved in a 12-step program and you've got three and four years sober and you're going to start being a sponsor to other addicts or alcoholics, that's appropriate because you're doing it within a setting that's appropriate and it's being, you're using a system that's in place that is appropriate. Um, but if you don't know anything about that, you don't have training, you don't have education, you don't have certification, you've never been in a 12-step program, you've never sponsored anyone, it's not appropriate for you to be helping that person in terms of trying to cure their addiction. Um, we can help to some degree, but really and truly, a lot of people's hard, hardships and struggles are important in shaping that person's life. Um, I don't know about you, but for me, some of the worst, ugliest, lowest points in my life have been the most important because it has set me on a course um, towards something that's better for me. But we have to fall on our face, right? 
So it's just you want to keep in mind that sometimes um, if it's something that someone could get from a professional or from someone who, um, you know, this is something that they focus on, they know a lot about, or they have personal experience with, then, then the person needs to go find that help in an appropriate place. Okay. Also, if you find that you're sacrificing important resources, if you're coming up short, you know, each week with your own money because you've been lending money to someone or giving money to someone, or if you're giving your belongings or letting someone borrow things and then you wind up um, falling short on your end because you're giving <laughs> more than you're actually taking for yourself. Again, we're talking about balance, remember? So if you're sacrificing your own important resources, it's just something to think about that, um, that sometimes you will harm yourself or put yourself in a, um, in a stressful situation because you are putting someone else's needs first before your own. Um, and here's a, here's a humdinger. Um, how do you know if you're overhelping? Well, maybe you haven't been asked to help. <laughs> Seems like, you know, that's common sense, right? But no, because it's like an instinct to us. We just naturally want to help. And later on, I'll go back and go, wait a second, that person didn't actually ask me for that help. But oh, I guess I, I just felt like helping. Um, so you want to think about, did they actually come to you and ask, hey, could you help me with this? Um, you might see something in someone else's life and think, oh, it would be better if they just did it this way. And you're like, oh, you should do this, and, and, and that'll make things better. I see you're doing it wrong, <laughs> right? Because our ways are better, always. Um, but if somebody's not you know, actively seeking help from you, um, then sometimes it's not appropriate. Or what if you asked if they needed help and they said no? And then you're like, oh, well, they're just, you know, they just don't want to be embarrassed of having to ask for help. You know, I'm sure it's hard for them to ask for help. So I'm just going to help anyway, even though I asked them if they wanted help, they said no. But I know deep down they really want help. Okay, so now you're, you know, you're crossing boundaries. You're making assumptions. You're doing mind reading um, so if you've asked and they, said, and they have said no, let's take them at face value, that they really don't want your help. Um, and then, you know, the title of the video is You Didn't Break It and You Can't Fix It, right? So if it's something that you're not involved in, that has nothing to do with you, that you didn't break, <laughs> I, I'm talking to myself here, and if anyone that knows me knows that I'm talking to myself right now. <laughs> so don't think that I'm preaching. Uh, this is an important message that we all need to hear. So if you're looking, you know, and, and you're thinking, oh, um, you know, that, that I, can, I can help with the situation, but you didn't have anything to do with it going awry, uh, because I also want to point out that, of course, we want to help in situations that are appropriate. So if you did break something, it's your responsibility to fix it, right? Um, if you were involved and you perhaps hurt someone's feelings or you made a wrong choice, it is up to us to repair that and say, I'm sorry, um, and, and try to make things right. So um, we're not talking about events that really do require you to come back around and clean up your own mess. Okay, just to be clear about that. But if it's something that you didn't have anything to do with, you were 100 miles away, um, it may not be something that requires your help. 
And then two, another one is it's not your relationship. It's not your relationship. You're not in that relationship. Because <laughs> we want to fix other people's relationships. And we'll even do things like talk to one party and be like, you know, well, maybe they think this or that. And, you know, and we'll plant a little seed with the other party and see if maybe we can bring the people together and heal the relationship. It is not up to us to heal other people's relationships. I know it's hard to hear all of these things kind of sting, you know, when you're kind of a caring, loving person that loves to help people. This kind of hurts. A very wise woman once told me something that helped me with my codependence, and that was she said, what other people think about you is none of your business. And I was like, oh, I don't know why. It just sort of like, you know, like, oh, I'm not trying to get in people's business. No, but what she's saying is, is that you can't crawl up into other people's heads and mind read and assume what's going on there. Um, and whatever they are thinking in their skull is their business and not yours, right? Okay, so I know, I know it's hard. Um, but it's not your relationship. So if you have family members that aren't getting along, let them work it out, you know. Try to have a good, a good relationship with both parties as best that you can and stay out of it and don't get in the middle. Let them, let them heal their own relationship. It's not your relationship to fix, okay? Um, and another way to tell is that you're doing more work than they are. This is something that counselors and therapists get told in training and supervision is sounds like you're doing a lot of their work for them or it sounds like you're working harder than the client. Um, so you'll find that you will just kick your own butt trying to help someone else who isn't putting in an equal amount of effort to solve the problem or the issue. So you want to make sure that whoever you're helping, if we want to have an appropriate helping relationship, that it needs to have that balance there and that you're not doing more work than they are. Um, okay, and then, you know, something else that we'll do is we'll think that we're helping someone, but we're actually enabling them. Remember a second ago I was talking about how that, you know, um, I've had my own, you know, very difficult circumstances throughout my life, and those are the key moments that have shaped who I am today, and I kind of like my life today. And I know a lot of other people like that, who, um, you know, have fallen on their face or they're hitting a bottom in life, and that pain and that desperation, that loneliness, that, that feeling of being utterly pulverized and defeated, embarrassed and shamed, um, ashamed, you know, it's a terrible place to be, um, but it's an important place to be because that's when we get to know ourselves and we find out what are the things we need to work on and what are the messes that we need to clean up. Now, not everyone has that experience when they're having hardship or when they have fallen on their face or they've hit a bottom. Not everyone learns from those things. Um, and for some reason, we wind up really liking to help those people a lot. Um, so, yeah, let's not enable others, right? And two, think of it this way. When you, when you, you know, enter into someone else's life path and you're cleaning up their messes for them and you're making it so much easier and better for them, they're not learning the lessons that they really need to learn and therefore you're kind of robbing them of some important experiences. So 
while it hurts to see others in pain, remember at the beginning I said, let's be honest about something, right? It hurts to see other people in pain, especially people that we really care about. And so we want them to feel better and then we'll feel better. But what we have to do is we have to learn to sit with our own uncomfortable feelings of hurting for others and then knowing that we can love them from afar and um, that, that even though their pain is causing us pain, it's not our responsibility to fix it. It's their responsibility to fix it. And that's important in their life journey, right? Okay, and then let's see here. Just wanna make sure, oh, we've got a few more, all right? So if you find that you're obsessing and thinking about it a lot and you're talking about it a lot, that might be a sign that we're overhelping. Um, I mean, obsessing like you're laying in bed and you can't sleep because you're just so worried and thinking and planning and, and scheming and thinking how we're gonna fix things, right? So if it's really dominating your thought life, not a good sign. Now, here's something else that we should get honest about is that sometimes we're trying to control, right? Remember I said that we're trying to relieve our own uncomfortable feelings at times? Um, I don't know, like sometimes when things are in their right place, then we relax a little bit better. And um, that can be us trying to control the life path or the behaviors of others or control their relationships or control their life choices. It could be coming from a really healthy place in your mind, like, well, I mean, I'm just trying to help, right? Well, yeah, yeah, um, but people are allowed to make mistakes and they're allowed to veer off course and they're allowed to date the wrong person. They're allowed to get bad grades. Um, you know, people are, are flawed and so therefore we can't control a lot of this. We need to kind of let go and realize that some things you just have to let it be. And, and so that means let it be broken at times. So, um, you know, we're dealing with a lot of homeschooling right now and kids, you know, it's, it's kind of chaos in a lot of houses. And um, there are kids that are struggling with their grades more now than they would normally because of the pandemic and things just being um, topsy-turvy for them. And you know what? I think that's okay. I think that, um, that, that having difficulty that you know being resilient learning to overcome failing a class getting an f on a test i'll never forget my first f oh i'll never forget it i was shocked that i had an f right uh so i got my button gear it's okay to have consequences it's okay to make mistakes um, and it's okay to fail right so we we don't we don't want to control other people because we're trying to prevent them from having flaws or difficulties or make mistakes. And then another way to tell if you're overhelping is if you're feeling resentful about the situation. And those thoughts would be something like, well, I did this, I did this, I did this, and they're not even doing this. You know, I helped in this way, I gave them this, I told them this. And then, you know, now they're like completely not grateful, they're not thankful, they're not taking any of the suggestions, they're not using the gift that I gave them, you know, I gave them this thing, they're not even using it, and you start to get resentful. 
that's a good sign right there is if you're getting resentful about the helping, that means it's probably not appropriate helping or you're overhelping in some ways. Um, and then finally, favors become obligations. When you initially are just doing something nice for someone and then you're doing it more frequently and then the next thing you know, you're just doing it and you're responsible for it. And that can happen really easily. And nobody does that on purpose sometimes. But um, you just want to keep in mind that sometimes something just needs to be a one-time favor. And then, you know, from there, help that person learn how to do it themselves or help them, you know, find resources on their own so that they don't become reliant on you for that. Um, Okay, so I'll just end this by saying uh, what I said just a moment ago, which is it's okay to let some things be broken. People are broken and flawed and they do have hardship and pain. Um, they make terrible choices. They date the wrong people. They marry the wrong people. Um, you know, you see them struggling and then you see them making an additional bad decision on top of that they're already struggling and you're just like, you know, um, but that's okay. That's okay. That's the beautiful part of human nature that um, we have to learn and some people learn faster than others, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, right? We're all a little bit different. So I hope this has been helpful. If you have a tendency towards overhelping or codependent tendencies, this might be a good way for you to assess the situation and see if perhaps you yourself are overhelping. Um, and now, finally, I want to plug our upcoming SNAP series, which begins January 15th, and I am going to be teaching it myself. Um, so go, go to our website and click Schedule Now, and then you'll sign up for the classes through our scheduling system. Um, you'll see tabs that say Classes, and then that's what you use to sign up. Um, so go to the website, www.claremontmentalhealth.care and click Schedule Now to sign up for the next SNAP series, which begins January 15th. Okay, and I hope everyone has a great evening. And I hope this was a good video. I don't know. I guess we'll see you in a minute, huh? For real this time. If you like this podcast, subscribe and leave us a review. Find Mandy Friedman, LPCC, CCDVC on YouTube and Facebook. Join the SNAP Survivors of Narcissistic and Abusive Personalities Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at the official SNAP. Thanks for listening.